to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Wow, you know what? You look a lot different than my guest room. <laughs> That's all I've seen for like four months, and now there's people in front of me, and I'm just real scared. Um, this wind is going to eat my notes up, and I am a note guy. There we go. It's good to see everybody, and man, I hope all of you guys are well, and uh you know, take your precautions. It, it won't hurt to, to take your precautions and to give uh, the distance and wear a mask when you're out. You know, one of the things I don't ever want to be a party to is the church being a petri dish. Where uh, And so, you know, we're going to meet inside next week at 9 and 11. And so let's, you know, let's, let's do our due diligence and uh, take care of one another and uh, caring for the people we love by maybe making, taking the social distance and all. I know I don't like it. My kids put us on restriction uh, for about two months. We didn't see anybody. And, uh, and now we're making connections again. So, hey, it's good to be back. Does anybody know what today is? Flag day. This is a banner moment, <laughs> right? It's Flag Day, yeah. 1916, Woodward Wilson established Flag Day after uh, much debate from other presidents and a day that we uh, celebrated and looked back to the flag and what it stood for. And I want to share today, uh, getting back together, uh, we're, the world is a lot different now than it was back in February. And, uh, and so Flag Day has some importance I think to us and to this scripture that we're going to be talking about today. So you can pray with me as I pray for myself and uh, let's ask the Lord to come and let's ask him to talk to us, to speak to us, to do his good work in our heart, that we could be the body of Christ the way that he always dreamed for us to be and to function as such at this time, because we are here for such a time as this. So Lord, thank you so much for being able to gather. Thank you so much, Lord, for the grace and the mercy of Christ that we have been set free and then set on a path and a mission with you, Lord, that our lives have meaning now and purpose, Lord, and value beyond anything we could have imagined. Today, Lord, I ask for your help. I ask that give me the gift of teaching, Lord, that you help me with my weakness, that you bring the scripture out the way you want it to be heard. And Lord, if the scripture needs to correct us, come and do your good work. The scripture will come and encourage us, come, encourage us, come and do your good work. Holy Spirit, we surrender. We surrender and we ask for you to come and do your good work in us this day. Amen. Amen. There's a verse over in a book called Song of Songs. The writer of this book intended for this song or this book to be like the most famous, wonderful song that was ever written. It's number one on the charts. He meant for it to be that. He meant for it to change lives. And if you've ever read Song of Songs, some people, maybe your translation says Song of Solomon. There's a little debate about that, whether Solomon wrote it or not, but he's in there a couple of times. 
But if you've ever read it, you find out that it is probably the most romantic book in the Bible. You guys read this? If you are struggling in your marriage, read the Song of Songs and read it to one another. There is a verse in the second chapter in the fifth, the fifth verse of the second chapter that in the NIV, which is what I use mainly, that goes like this. And this would be the bride speaking to her husband. I think this is the honeymoon night. It goes like this. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. Love. Now, let's say love like we love. Can we? Love. That's right. I don't know that that translation really grabs what's being said, and I like a more literal translation because banquet hall, it, you know, it's, it's got its, to me when I read banquet hall, I think of the reception. Those of you who are married, have been married, you remember you got married and then you went into the fellowship hall, the banquet hall, or where the reception was. And when I read it in the NIV, I think of the couple has gone in and over the door, the husband has been so sensitive that he put the big letters love. And so when the couple go into the reception, she remembers and she is brought, she brings to her mind that her husband loves her. But the Hebrew is a little different than that. And I think Young's literal translation says it better. It's, he says, he hath brought me unto a house of wine. And his banner over me, love. He hath brought me to a house of wine. Wine is a picture of happiness, a picture of you know, the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of where there is no sorrow and there is only joy and celebration. This verse really says more like you've come into a place like uh, their private pub where the couple goes in. And it's their own place of rejoicing and all. There are two ways to interpret these scriptures. And that is one, you can do it literally, which I think is, is true for the couple. When you get married, there's a celebration in that moment and you enter the house of wine together and there's love over the door. But I think there's also an allegorical meaning and the Bible is full of allegory and metaphor because they were storytelling people. That's how they would remember things. They didn't have books like we do. And so they would tell stories so people could take the truth with them. And I think this is a story and a picture as well, not just to the couple who love one another, but also to God's love for us. Today's flag day. It's a banner day. We're gathering after so many months of being apart. It's a banner day. And did you know that every single one of us fly a flag over our lives? Each of us do. A flag or a banner or a flag in military use. Some of you know you served in the military. Uh, now they have GPS and all, but they have pennants. And they would have flags so that, and this was true in the Hebrews with that, they would, if a soldier got lost, they would look for the pennant, the banner that said, come home, we're over here, waving that banner. I think that's very relevant for us. If you had a fill-in this morning, which it is on your Bible app, it is on Facebook Live, your first fill-in would be this, everybody is waving some flag. 
Everybody is waving some pennant over your life every day with every conversation, with the way you respond to people. Everybody has a flag and everybody has lofted it. And every one of us has a banner over our lives. Is it the banner of love on this flag day, on this banner moment in 2020? You know, I'm a bumper sticker guy. Forgive me. I've been a bumper sticker guy since the 60s when they weren't that popular. Now you can find out how many people are in the family when you pull up behind the car. You can find out that their favorite dog is a Pekingese. Why? You can find out that they're surfers. You can find out that they go to Seacoast Vineyard Church. You can find out which political persuasion that they are. You can find out what politician they love, which one they hate. You can find out where they came from, where they're going, their affections. We all fly a flag. We all fly a banner. I saw one pull up behind a car the other day, and the whole entire family was on the back. And, and I mean, down to the dogs and cats. And But the husband... Good job. I'm great. But the husband had been marked out. I mean, he had been X'd out on that long list. I thought, boy, I, there's some passive aggressive going on right there, you know. I pulled up behind another car not too long ago. I kind of get, I know I look chill, but I'm a pretty wound up guy. And I'm um, trying to get somewhere. And I pulled up behind the car and it said, do you follow Jesus this closely? <laughs> it's like, okay, backing off, backing off. We all wave banners. We all have banners. We can even be a banner. Our lives, the way we live, what we do. Over in Exodus, the 17th chapter, Moses is about to go into battle with the Amalekites and Amalekites. I always get that wrong. And he has Joshua, of course, as his right-hand guy, and Joshua is going to take his soldiers into battle. Some of you know the story. Moses goes up on the hill, and as long as he has his hands outstretched to God, Joshua looks up in the battle and he goes, God's with us. God is with us. But I don't know if you tried to hold your hands up for a long time, especially if you're an old dude like me. And, you know, your hands start doing this after a while. When Moses' hands began to go down. Joshua looked up and it appeared that the banner was not waving as high as it was supposed to be or where it was. And Joshua lost heart and no longer was he fighting the way he was before and he began to lose the battle. Well, Moses' right-hand guys, Aaron and Hur, not H-E-R, H-U-R, Aaron and Hur came along, found a rock, scooted it up under Moses, said, here, old dude, have a seat. And keep up your hands, you know, where people, where Joshua can still know that God is with us. But his hand still started dropping because this battle was a long battle during that day. So Aaron gets up under one arm, Hur gets up under the other, and they lift his arms up, and Joshua begins to win the battle. Our very lives and the posture we take is a banner. 
waving over our lives, over how we do business, over how we treat one another, over how we love. What's the banner over your life? One flag on Flag Day 2020 is flying over our lives today, at this moment. At the end of that battle, Moses said this in verse 15. He built an altar, and he called it this, The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Whose banner are you? And what does your banner say? You know, Jesus was a banner, right? John 19, he's on the cross. His hands are outstretched. He has two thieves, one thief on one side, another thief on this side. One thief recognizes the banner for what it is. And he says, remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responds as the banner turns. He goes, you'll be with me this day in paradise. Our very lives are banners. Jesus' open arms is a welcome or a closed. It, I don't think Jesus ever did this, you know. I just don't think he ever did it. I think out on the hills, wherever he was, his arms were like this. Always the welcome of the kingdom. Whose banner are you? You know, his banner over you, if you look at God right now, his banner over you, this is your second fill-in, is love. Is love. We have banner planes in Myrtle Beach, do we not? We have many banner planes. Kind of cloudy, I guess, for them to be out today, but we've had banner pilots in our church here and in the other churches that I served, and, you know, usually they're telling me, a surfer, of how many sharks they see underneath the water. Like, I can't believe you paddle out there. You should see what I see. But what if a banner plane followed us around every single day? And on that banner was what our life said to people. Everywhere we went, that banner plane followed us. Because the banner over your life as a follower of Jesus is love. Is the banner over our lives love? 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. I haven't used the word lavish in a long time. Have you? It's not, it's not like we use it a lot, right? Let me lavish my love on you. We just don't use it. I love it. He lavished his love on us. And it says, John says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. That is what we are. We, Christ's church, all of us up and down the Grand Strand who are followers of Jesus have a banner from God over our lives, this love. I wonder if we are waving the same banner back to our communities because if the community ever needed to hear that message, they need to hear it now. The kingdom of God that you guys have heard me speak about so many times, the rule and the reign of God, when God gets to have his way with us and in our communities is where we see God's will being done. And we have to ask ourselves at this moment in time in our lives, us being here in Myrtle Beach, what is the banner that God wants to put over our lives? What are we supposed to wave? What are our neighbors seeing in our lives at this time? Turn it down, dude. 
got something to say here. His banner over you is love. And the last feeling is this. Whose flag are you? Whose flag are you? Matthew 5.13, Jesus' most famous sermon. He tells us you're the salt of the earth. There is no taste life in this culture without his people. We are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. For 300 years, there was no reason to be a Christian. I think we got some competition. <laughs> For 300 years, there was no reason to be a Christian. The only thing it cost you was everything. When you got nothing back in culture. And yet Christianity doubled, tripled, quadrupled. Why? Because it was the people who had experienced the love of God. And they were like, whatever it costs me. Whatever it takes from me to remain under that banner of love, I'm willing to give it. I would not lose that banner for anything. And hear me, dear church. I think now is the time to raise the banner of love and to raise the banner of the kingdom of God. That if there is any other banner, it needs to be pulled down. And by that, I mean if the banner of being a Republican, the banner of being a Democrat is the banner that is raised up higher than the banner of love and the banner of the kingdom of God. It is time to bring it down and hoist the kingdom of God banner up in the air so that the people around us and in our neighborhoods can see we are a people who have been changed by the love of God. Somebody say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whose banner are you? For such a time as this, this is why we were born. The world is in turmoil and it has no hope. When it doesn't see anybody that cares, everybody has an agenda. The only agenda we have is Jesus. That's the agenda we have. It's the agenda that changes people's lives, changed your life. It's changed. Like Jay said, it changed, it's changing, and it will change your life. It will. This is our moment in time. Amen. Hoist up the banner the flag so people can say there's where we come home there's where we hit everybody's running to this banner to that banner I'm not going under your banner I'll come over to my banner raise up the banner of the kingdom of God let people come home this nation this world needs Jesus and I don't mean that as a cliche they need the love of Christ because there is no changing the human heart outside of a God moment where we can turn and look at one another and say, I love you with the love of Christ. This is our time. What banner? And whose banner are you? I'm asking you today to ask the Lord to, to help you dethrone and pull down any banner that is not the banner of love and is not the banner of the kingdom of God in your life. Am I saying you can't be involved in politics or whatever? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you better keep the main banner up because it will define everything you do in life. It's where you run to see if you have a heart like Christ. It's where you check to see if I'm taking the steps that Christ has for me in my community. It must be primary because his banner over you is love. Psalm 20 and verse 5 says, May we shout for joy over your victory and lift our banners in the name of our God. Lift our banners in the name of God. You know, I have 
you don't know a lot, but I have marched in Washington. I, back in the day, have led walkouts in college. I have worked for political candidates way back years ago. And until I heard about the kingdom of God, until I heard about the kingdom of God, I never had that sense of love, that sense of purpose, and that sense of finality that this is where I need to be. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit this morning to touch our hearts and to let us raise the banner of his kingdom where he gets what he wants. That's the kingdom of God. It's where God gets what he wants. What does God want in our lives? What does he want from us? What does he want in this world that he loves? You know, he still loves this world. He still loves this world. This world is still good to him because he made it. It's gone off track, but he still loves it. He still loves that person in that other political party. Did you know that? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he's placed us as a kingdom, as a kingdom people, right in the middle of a tumultuous time. That's a word I don't use much either. Tumultuous time. And we are his people, salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. This is our moment. This is our moment to raise the banner of love. Lord, would you come now and would you touch our hearts? Would you be so kind as to point out anything that's in between us and your goodwill for our lives and the will of the place that we live and that we love? come now in the Holy Spirit and Lord encourage us that the banner over us is love it's not hatred, it's not bias the banner over us is not exclusion, it's not Lord rejection the banner over us is love love and may we raise it Lord so that people can see where they can come home Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.